Amen, amen. Thank you, John. What a passage. That's a thick one, isn't it? I'm not going to be able to preach over all that. and So go back and read that again for yourself. That's a thick one. But today, what we have here is Paul's farewell address to the elders of the church Ephesus, who he's been with for three years now. This is the only sermon recorded from Paul's third missionary journey. Um, On top of that, it's the only sermon of Paul's recorded for a Christian audience. Yes, I know that Paul's epistles were to the Christian audience, but this was the only recorded sermon of Paul to a Christian audience. The rest of the recorded sermons were for the Jews or the Greeks or the Gentile as he evangelized. This one is, a, so this is kind of a special sermon that he's, uh, that he's laid out there as a uh, sermon for the Christians in Ephesus. And as we, we read this, it's quite a somber passage he, this is a man who knows he's about to be physically defeated. He knows where he's headed. He's heading towards change and eventually death. And Paul seems to almost know that here. He's never going to be a man with a lot of money. He's never going to be a man with a, a nice home and a pool. He's never going to be a man with that... Um, that has drives the fancy chariot. Um, he's a man who knows that he's going to be physically defeated, thrown in prison, chained, and executed. That's where he's going to be heading. And no one wants that. This, this passage has a very somber tone because no one wants that. Yet he preaches to these Christians with this solemnly in his mind. So as we read it, you see things like fear and sadness in this passage. Because Paul is human. I know sometimes we like to put, you know, St. Paul up on a pedestal. He's a human. Which means he's got pains and aches and his body is getting old and his eyesight's probably not so good. And he very well is probably balding. He doesn't want to be arrested. He likes his freedom. He doesn't want to suffer. He's a human. He doesn't like... Who wants to suffer? He's a religious person who enjoys his freedom and enjoys his life, enjoys the company of others. I mean, how many times has he escaped death in the book of Acts? Stoned. Run away from people. They were trying to kill him. He's escaped death many times. He's escaped prison. You know, the earthquake letting him out. I mean, he's, this is a man who's gone through it, but it seems like as he writes this, he knows that the time is coming where that's no longer going to be the case. Because we all like the times we get out of our suffering. God works that grand miracle or earthquake to get us out of prison. None of us likes the chance when God says, no, you've got to go through this. And none of us likes that. And Paul doesn't like that. 
So as he writes this, he's concerned. He's also concerned for, he's concerned for himself, but he's also concerned for those who are following after him. He warns them. He says, you know, I'm not going to be there anymore. Watch out for wolves. Now, we don't live in a society that has sheep running around anymore. I have actually been able to, a rare opportunity because I grew up among some of the Navajos and got to see some of the sheep. But we don't have that in our society. You, you know, we don't even have enough grass around here to feed them. We don't know, that's not in our minds. We say, wolves, well, we think back about like the cartoon characters that, you know, put on the clothes and snuck around and, and the sheep beat them up, right? We think about things, you know, we, we, we don't think about how big of a deal the wolves among the sheep were. We're not shepherds anymore. We don't think about how the shepherd would lay down in front of the gate so that a wolf would have to go over him to get to the sheep. We don't think about these things anymore because we don't see it everywhere. But this is on their minds. This is watch out for wolves. These things that will come up and devour and they're going to eat and they're going to be in destructive. Me- they're going to bring a destructive message. I'm no longer, he, Paul, his concern. I'm not going to be here after three years. I'm not going to be here to lay myself down in front of the gate and make sure that you got the, clean, the message of Jesus Christ. You're going to have to watch out for yourselves. He says there's going to be people coming in preaching messages that seem Right? And don't we see that today as well? Messages that seem right. I mean, you get on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and TV evangelists, and you see some messages that seem right. Even the Book of Mormon, one of the first things they'll do when you read, if you actually read it, they'll say, doesn't that seem familiar? Because it does seem familiar. Heck, one of the passages is almost directly taken from the King James Version of Jeremiah. It seems familiar. That's one of the things they're going to say. It seems familiar. It's wolves that are using things that seem to try to get you off course. <coughs> so he says, watch out for these wolves. Some of, he even says, some of you are going to be people that are going to maybe lead people astray because you want to follow wing. So just watch out for these people. Watch out for them. And he's also concerned for those people he's helped. He's, he encourages the leaders, you know, continue to take care of the poor and the weak. And, and as I have followed after Jesus who did this ministry, now you guys continue in this ministry. So there's, there's sadness. He's, he's, he's sad. He's, he's afraid of suffering. He's... he's um, Concerned, but there's also hope in this message. I mean, look at Acts uh, the 20, 24 and 27, verse 24 and 27. But consider my life as worth, my, uh, my, but I consider my life as worth nothing to myself in order to finish my mission and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Doesn't that sound, that's, 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 um, you know, as I read this message, I see a lot of things that we're also going to see in the book of Philippians. That passage where it says, for me to live is, to, to, uh, is Christ, but to die is gain. That passage. 
But he continues on. He said, there's hope in that. He says, and now behold, I know that, that all of you among whom I went proclaiming the kingdom will face no more. Therefore, I testify this day, I am guiltless of the blood of all of you. I did not shrink from proclaiming to you the whole purpose of God. Hope for Paul in this, as he as he speaks to these people, is that there is a, a, a final resting place. It's not the end. This is not the end. There's something on after this world. This is just a temporary world till we get to our temporary resting place, till we get to eternal life. Because we're not home yet. There's a uh, your Bibles may say mansion or something else. The word is dwelling place, you know, whatever that looks like. Jesus has gone to prepare a dwelling place for you. So that where he is, we may also be. And he has this hope in this. He says, my hope is in, in Christ. But also, there's hope because his hands are clean. I mean, look at that passage. I am innocent of your blood, for I did not shrink down. I am clear. There's no blood on my hands because I taught you the truth. I did not back down. I did what God commanded me to do. My hands are clean. Not that he was some superman. But in his fallen state, He was still able to do the will of the Lord. To teach those he was to teach. To live the life of example. To evangelize to those he was supposed to evangelize. And to be who God called him to be. He used the gifts that Paul was given to share the love of Christ. He says, so my hands are clean, he says. But Paul is heading towards physical defeat, but he, where he will be put in change, but he's going to be victorious because the Spirit is in him. And I think this is the recipe we need to follow, too. You are human. Don't deny it. You're human. All that comes along with that. All the joys... The sorrows, the pain, the ache in your back. You're human. Don't deny that you have temptations. Paul says he has temptations. Calls it a thorn in his side. Don't deny you have temptation. We deny it. We pretend it doesn't exist. That's like saying there aren't fire arrows being shot at you. But the recipe is stand up because God is with you. And if God is for you, who can be against me? If God is for you, who can be against me? He's already won the war. We just got to live like we know that. Why should we live like we're unsure who wins this battle? God's won. Now we just got to live like he's won. 
And so we stand up because God is with us. Who can be against us? And so therefore, we, we stand up and we look for wolves. We stand up for what we believe. We stand up for what the Bible teaches. And we share that. We make disciples. That's what the Bible tells us. Go and make disciples. Using the gifts that God has given you. God has given The Holy Spirit is living. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, you're your Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit has come into you, made you his temple. You've got a gift. Um, I've already decided, I decided this last Sunday, last, last, well, this morning, um, <laughs> last sermon, that we're going to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at some of the spiritual gifts found in Romans chapter 12. Um, you've got a gift. And that flows into ministries and works. But you've got a gift. And we use those gifts to share the love of Christ. But we also have to watch for wolves. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our minds. I mean, isn't that one of the things we... We we know the truth because we have heard. Of course, that means we got also other people here. But we also got to guard our hearts because if we hear all kinds, we see all kinds of things, we hear all kinds of things that aren't of Christ, what comes in is going to come out. We got to guard ourselves. We got to guard ourselves, protect ourselves. We got wolves all around us. And they don't, some of them are, are, are like obvious, you know, like come worship Satan. I mean, But a lot of them are real sneaky, and they sneak in through things like the TV or the radio or the music we listen to. And I'm not saying you have to, like, not listen to any secular music. That's not what I'm saying. But guard your heart. You've got to have more God coming in than you got junk. You know, a piece of cake is okay as long as it's not all you're eating. I remember when I started teaching um, at not a Christian school, a very secular school, and, and the kids had horrible language and horrible talk, and, and, and the teachers that were my faculty members beside me were worse, most of the time not in front of the kids, most of the time. They were worse! And so as I was just around them for work every day, in and out, every, five days a week, I was around that, all that language and that way of thinking that was not scriptural. and not Well, guess what? All that just coming in because I have to be there, it started coming out. So I had to make changes in my life. I couldn't stop going to work, but what I could do was I could stop listening to uh, secular music. Because that was just music I didn't, because I needed more God. I could stop watching some TV shows that were not good, because I needed more God. I made changes in my life. Now, if you got more God coming on, the radio ain't bothering you. But if you got more coming in, you got to guard your heart. 
We've got to guard ourselves about the false teaching. If, you got, if you're getting your, if the only time you're in your Bible is when you're in here listening to me, you're not going to get enough. One of the things that we take for granted is that we can do Bible study. We can do quiet time. But in the Jewish lifestyle, they would have, like, at this time you prayed this prayer. At this time you recited this verse. At this time, because they needed that in their lives. We take for granted. You can open your Bible whenever you want. Oh, praise God for that. You can open your Bible. You don't even have to open it. You can go to Audible and just download it. We gotta feel us and how we guard ourselves by filling ourselves up with God. You know, you're never gonna know all the things that could attack you. You're never gonna know all the false religions, even though I, I think they're fun to study, but that's me. You're never gonna know all of them. You're never gonna all know all the way the false teachers are gonna come at you. You're never gonna know how see all the TikTok videos that are inappropriate. You're never gonna the only way that we get ourselves protected is by filling ourselves with Christ. We can't fight all the fiery arrows unless we put on the armor of Christ. It's not like you can say, well, this flaming arrow is going to come at this time. I'm going to sidestep that. And this one's going to come at this time. I'm going to sidestep that. You got to put on the, the armor so that you can stand against the flaming arrows that come against you because they're going to come at you and you're not going to see when they're going to come. It's not the ones you see coming that's the problem. It's the ones you don't. We live, and so we follow this recipe that, that we stand up for God, and we fill ourselves with God, and we, we watch for false witnesses, and, and we live according to, and we be clean. You know, the wonderful thing about Jesus is that his blood covers up our sins. What a blessing that is. But Paul, even knowing this, says that my hands are clean. You ever thought about that? He's clean because he's got Jesus. But he even says, my hands are clean, because he knows that it's not just about Jesus. Jesus saves. But it doesn't end with salvation. It's not like, okay, I'm past that salvation line. I'm good. I live however I want because I'm saved. Paul is following him as a disciple which means he has to walk beside it. And he's called us to be disciples as well. We have to walk in the ways of Christ, becoming more and more like him. With a big word we use, a sanctification. That big word, we become more and more like Christ every day. And we want our hands to be clean, just like Paul says, I'm clean because I didn't back down. Are your hands clean? You know, your hands are clean if someone accepts Christ. Your hands are clean if they don't accept Christ. Your hands are not clean is if you shut up. If God has given you a gift, which he has, Holy Spirit gifted you, and we don't use it, then our hands are not clean. Now, blessing of Jesus Christ is he can forgive and does forgive, and that blood of his blood covers up our, our... But what we find ourselves 
is too often we don't share the message of Jesus. We don't use our gifts. You know, the statistics are horrible about how many Christians actually share Jesus. But the, they're also, like, it, like, the majority of statistics show that if a friend invited them to church, people would go. The number one reason people don't go to church is because of hypocrisy. That sounds like blood on our hands. Now, I'm thankful we don't have to walk around going out, damned spot, out. Like Lady Macbeth. Some of you are not Shakespeare fans. I can see it in your eyes. You're like, Shakes who? Macbeth? I don't know, never heard of it. Shakespeare. Mac- Lady Macbeth. Uh, out, damned spot, out. As she just killed someone, she can't get out that blood off her hands. And we, we've been... Uh, we too often are trapped with this, this mentality that, that, that we, we, we don't have to be like that because Jesus Christ saves us. But I don't want to be like that at all. As I become more and more like Christ, I want my hands to be pure. Which means I live like Jesus has one and I share him with others. I want to be pure before him. I want to be pure. And so I think as we go to our next steps, it's, uh, the question really becomes is, uh, well, first, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you have not, then your hands are definitely not clean. You're still tied to the slavery of sin. That means where your sinful nature leads, you're going to follow. Oh, you might be a good person, but it's not about being a good person. It's about being filled with God. But then we ask, uh, if I've accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I've committed my life to Him, are my hands clean? Are my hands clean? Are they covered in blood? I mean, because I haven't shared the message using the gifts that God has given me. You know, maybe you're at the point where your next step is, I need to discover what my gifts are. Uh, Romans chapter 12 is a good place to start. Are you victorious? You know, God won. Are you living like you're defeated? Sometimes we all fall into that trap. That's okay. God can raise you out of that. Are your hands clean? Have you backed down? Maybe you've fallen in with the wolves. You've fallen in with a false teacher. You've fallen in with a, a TikTok crowd that just... Are you using the gifts? So I guess as we end, the question is, how do your hands look? Father God, I praise you today, Lord. 
Lord, I am thankful that our blood, that your blood has covered up our many sins. That you have freed us. But Lord, I pray that my hands be innocent. As I stand and don't back down. As I use the gifts you have given me to share your love. I pray that the people in this room, if there's someone who has not accepted you, Lord, I pray that you will convict them today and show them that your love is the way to a life that is full. Now and forever. Lord, I pray that, that if there's someone in this room who's fallen with wolves, that you will reveal those wolves. Use your scriptures to make it abundantly clear. Hey, this is what the Bible teaches. Make it obvious. Remove their clothing, their false clothing. If we've, our hands are dirty. If they're not innocent, forgive us for that. But help us to walk and become more like you so that our hands may be pure before you. Not backing down. And sharing your love in the gifts that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.